This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. No one wanted to talk about it. No one would admit they had seen or heard it. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor. And welcome to your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 368. You listening, thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your time with us. That sounds like one of those airlines. Yeah, you have a lot of podcasts to choose from. Thank you for (laughs) listening to the Boo Crew. Thank you for flying Southwest jets. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So on today or tonight's program, it is a massive week for the genre. We'll talk all about it, tell you what's new in theaters and streaming, catch you up on what we've been watching and some recommendations for you. The new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin, is out this week, February 3rd at time of release. So sad that, Leo, you weren't able to join us at that press screening we went to. Oh, how was it? Freaking amazing. It was really good. Yeah, we'll talk all about it uh, coming up. No spoilers, promise. No spoilers at all. But... Leo, very special guests dropping by the show, the show that you have no idea about. So after the press screening, we got word that we were added to the junket that took place Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Oh, nice. So there's three four minute interviews with M. Night, Rupert Grint and Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge coming up at the end of this episode. Yeah, I I would like to say that. I think it's really ballsy of us to think that we're all going to talk. Well, at least you and I showing up to a four minute each press junkie. Impossible. <laughs> like it's kind of comical because you go on and you see all these press outlets and there's always like one person and then it's either like three of us or two of us. I got one question in. Well, for one person too. For one person, Rupert Grint. Rupert but Grint. I had questions. But that's a good one, for, Rupert Grint. It was. It was definitely a good one. Yeah, but yeah, those press junkets. Um, and you know, Leo's. We've all been on these press junkets. We've talked about this a couple episodes ago. That a lot of uh, the interview the interviews are turning into these press junket opportunities. It's just the way it is, and it's quick and dirty. Get in, get out. You answer your questions only about the movie, and that's it. It's usually like one question. And when you look, you, you log into these press things, we clearly do not fit in with the rest of these like professional people from like Fox News and all that stuff. And there's all of us Yahoo's, right? <laughs> yeah. The Boo Crew. Yeah. What the hell? Who? I feel right. like they all look at us like, how did they get yeah, there? Yeah, how this the fuck <laughs> are they getting in? Because you can watch, you can see all their faces, right? Sitting in the, uh, what, the waiting room? Yeah. Right? The little Zoom windows. And you could, you know, kind of see everybody kind of look over like, what the fuck is going on there? 
It's a very interesting yeah, my, experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my favorite pastime is just sitting in the waiting rooms, like looking strung out and just looking around at all the cameras, like the Brady Bunch being like, yeah. what's up? Exactly. Who are you with? Right? Yeah. It's like, who's your cat behind you? Like, it's like people Yeah, but one dude house. had a dog, had his dog as his yeah. co-host. Yeah, it was a cute dog. But yeah, we thought we, you know, uh, we were offered to do this after seeing the press screen and we're like, okay, sure, I guess we'll do it. So, but yeah, like thinking we're, both i mean if leo would have been able to go to the press screening it would have been the three of us trying to do that well yeah it would, that would be have been impossible ridiculous. like literally you answer the first question and they give you a warning yeah they're, they're like, like okay yeah, time's almost up but, well i'm still answering my question asking my question <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah, crazy yeah. but yeah that's what this is uh, it's i get it it's to get a lot of people in and give a lot of people opportunities. Sure, they probably did. They probably did hundreds. And it was wild because they obviously had set up because they were each in very professional looking studio rooms. Like it looked like when you watch a TV version of... Um, of these press junkets, right? They're sitting yeah. kind of in front of the poster and the lighting's all perfect. So they had just done a bunch of in-person ones, evidently, and then switched to all these virtuals. So they're probably doing this all day. And it was a Sunday early in the morning like really early in the morning yeah but they were yeah. in new york so it's not early for them yeah but i bet they started doing yeah, in person probably at eight eight in the morning i, I wouldn't doubt yeah right and then yeah hundreds of these things and i think they were still doing them throughout this week too yeah so like i'll see you tomorrow or see you later today newsflash we are not morning people no <laughs> so the the 8 a.m like yeah. that just scares me that was crazy trying to even get ready for that that was right saturday night okay well we got to come up with a one question each which we came up with like four for each person just in case just in case they were like answering with like one word yeah yeah i mean that that can happen when they're in that mentality of trying you know they're doing hundreds of interviews in a row and then you just kind of go on to um talking in sound bites yeah which is for the most part you know what people what what people want what the reporters want and everything right and the movie company probably definitely wants right these quick short answers uh, zingers if you will but it, it was just amazing getting opportunity to talk to these people oh yeah M. night m night man oh my gosh see That's he awesome. gave us two questions and i gave trevor both of them because i feel like you're our quarterback and like your question what are you talking about we're way better you than my question no and i couldn't think that fast because they were they originally said like this is it no more questions i was like all right and then m knight was like oh let's take another one he was super nice super gracious oh yeah he was like no 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 you guys are ans- asking one more please like you you know, he That's overrode awesome. the the press junket people. It was I awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that. He was the coolest dude. You'll you'll hear in the interview later on how freaking cool he is. Yeah, and it made me just love him even more. Like he's genuinely humble and gracious, and blown away that people love his work, which blows my mind. Yeah, we're all such huge fans of his. Yeah, and with servant is so good. Oh, servant, yeah. God, in the visit. We, we showed Scarlett, our 13-year-old, the visit a few weeks ago. Oh, my God. She was blown away. Yeah. It was nice. our first M night, right? Yeah, it was. Wow. That's a good, that's a good starter one. I love that one. Yeah. I see she'll have the sixth sense. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. it hasn't been ruined for her like it was for me by Conan <laughs> O'Brien's co-host, Andy Richter, back in probably, I don't know, 
the early 2000s That's or, or when did that movie come out? Is that before 2000? Did it come out in the late 90s? Or oh, yeah. Come yeah. yeah. 90s. Yeah. 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 So it was around 99, I think, that was completely spoiled for me on an episode of Conan O'Brien. Well, hopefully no one spoiled it for her. I don't think they have. I don't think she's seen anything yeah. that has sent. But I will say the, the last part of the junket, uh, we talked to Jonathan Groff. And Ben Aldridge. Yes, who was, you know... How do I put this? <laughs> so basically when our kid Scarlett was what, like three, mm-hmm. she was super into Frozen. She yeah. kind of was on the Frozen train before the Frozen train took off. Like she saw it and she was obsessed with it. And remember we got her a Queen Elsa costume and everybody wanted to borrow it because they were sold out. Mm-hmm. And so Jonathan Groff plays Kristoff. So I cannot not hear Kristoff yeah, when he yeah. talks. Yeah. My only question that I that's wanted funny. to ask was, are reindeers better than people? Ben, don't you think that's true? Because Ben... Ben Aldridge is yeah, the... Yeah, is and the, I wanted the to sing it. But then I thought... I'm going to get kicked off. He probably would have laughed his ass off. I wonder if anyone made that connection, right? Are reindeers better than people? Ben, don't you think that's true? Yeah. (laughs) So wanted to do. Or they would have just gone, what, what, Uh, uh, left, has left the conversation? Meeting has been ended by a host. (laughs) So I, I actually had real questions, but that was one that we always joke about, like, how can we really screw this up? Sabotage ourselves. Yeah. That's exactly how. That's exactly how. But yeah, we'll get to our thoughts on Knock at the Cabin and you'll hear those interviews later. And I just wanted to mention that since we've been talking over the past couple episodes about different things like everything from gatekeeping in the horror community to taking kind of a hiatus from social media in my case and um what else have we been talking about but people have been reaching out yeah and dming you've been fielding some of them we've been reading all of them and we're so sorry if we haven't written you back yet we will write you back it means everything to us that you're reaching out to us with your stories yeah it's super cool to see and i'm so sorry if i haven't written you back and i saw it it's just four kids jobs yeah well we're just kind of and we're just all kind of getting back in the swing of things we've taken this this break the longest break that we've ever had as the boo crew over the holidays so we're just you know wading back into the water here and we appreciate you uh, and your patience with us got some what's new in horror guys this is a crazy fucking news story that i read about the other day North Carolina put out, and this is like true horror, real world horror. North Carolina put out an advisory after rusty razor blades have been found attached to the handles of gas pumps at gas stations. Oh my gosh. Have you seen this pic- these pictures, Leo? You know, I, I, I've seen the pictures, yes, but I did not see the story, so I wasn't sure where it was. Yeah. But that's crazy, man. And it's multiple instances. They've been... Found in this uh, place called Four City and surrounding areas out in North Carolina, they're actively investigating the incidents in cooperation with the State Department of Agriculture. And the, the Department of Agriculture is the body that discovered these razor blades when they were just doing a routine inspection of the gas stations. And they found three confirmed cases of these razor blades at different gas stations in this area over one month alone. That's really scary. I I think of North Carolina as Dawson's Creek. 
in the notebook, right? Yeah, I'm not seeing razor blades there. Right, rusty razor blades packed into. So, are people getting hurt? I haven't heard of anybody. They haven't said like anyone's gotten hurt yet. Luckily, right? I I don't know. Maybe there's people who've grabbed the gas pumps and didn't know who got sliced up. I I don't know. You get tetanus, whatever's on these freaking razor blades. But it's it's insane that someone would even think to do this. It's and it's not like. Like, step into the mind of a psychopath for a moment. It's not like they get any enjoyment off of watching unless they're hiding in the woods. Like This is a very malicious thing. Like, you set this up and then you go away and you forget about it and just assume this is happening to people. It's fucking crazy, man. This is like the next saw. Darren Lynn Houseman, are you watching the story? So watch your gas pumps when you grab. Now I'm going to be crazy about this. Of course. I'll be looking under the gas pump, like right on the handle. They tape them up there. Ugh. Ugh, God. And there's another not, thing. Not just, what, what were you going to say, not, man? See, not, not, just, not just your uh, gas pumps. Did you hear a story about the, uh, about the guy that's uh, using the dating apps? Using the dating apps for what? To find people to help him torture what? women. What? Yeah. He's still on the loose. What's oh what's the, what's the deal? He's just like putting out ads and stuff and trying to, trying to arrange he's, meetups? He's and, like... He's, he's doing me. Um, I guess he's he's using I don't know which app, a bunch of them, to meet women, but to meet the ones that will do the work, the dirty work for him, like the like the ones that will actually tie up a, a different woman. What the and, hell? Like, torture? Yeah. Ugh. Like he's it's looking crazy. for like looking for partners in crime. Basically. Yes. Whoa. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. It's like it's one thing to be a psychopath on dating apps, but this dude is like looking for accomplices you know and i'm like whoa that's something new what area of is it is it in the united states i'm assuming oh yeah it's not that i mean the, the last i heard and i didn't get the full story but he was actually in prison in in las vegas or, or nevada somewhere and somehow his sentence got reduced so he got out and he's this like you know bearded like good looking guy you know so you see he's using the apps and i, I guess he tortured a couple women, or at least one of them, that, that was able to escape, and you know she told her story. But yeah, he's on the loose again, and and they are aware that he's back on the apps, so so they're watching him to see where or who he contacts. Oh, that is God. terrifying! But what a creepy story, man. Oh, speaking of creepy stories, there's some news in one of the most disturbing and mysterious missing persons cases I've ever heard about. I've been following this one for years. Maura Murray. Have you guys heard of this case? I've heard you talk about You've it. You've heard of me? Yeah. Leo, have you heard of the Maura Murray no. case? No. Unless, unless. You, you, you probably, about. you probably remember some of this because, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been around for like, I think it's almost 20 years now. So, and you listening might be familiar, might've heard bits and pieces of this being passed along, but this is basically the story. So there's this Massachusetts Amherst student. Okay, Maura Murray, she was 21 at the time. This is just over 20 years ago. She told her teachers that there was a death in her family, which was later found to not be true. Then she left her dorm, crashed her car in Haverhill, which is where our friend Spider Spider One is from, Massachusetts, singer Power Man 5000. And she has not been seen since. She was last seen by a passerby after her car wreck who saw the wreck and offered her help. Like she was there. She was seen there. And she said, no, I, roadside assistance is on the way. That person, when they got home, called the police. Officers went out to the crash site. Mora was gone. 
no footprints in the snow because it was in the winter time. No footprints in the snow. I think her bag was left behind too. And that was it. No one's ever seen her. Can't find any trace of her. Nothing. The family set up this website, moramurraymissing.org, and they're still doing whatever they can to find her. The FBI put out a nationwide alert last year, and in July, they were able to discover human bone fragments not far from where she crashed, but nothing has been corroborated as definitely relating to her disappearance. Mm. But just a few weeks ago, they put up billboards along Interstate 93 to raise awareness hoping that someone has seen her or seen someone associated with the disappearance. If it was malicious, who knows? Like it could be, she was just trying to get away. Like it's interesting that she made up the story to her professors that the death in the family, like it was, she was setting something up. Like there was a reason she was going. So either, you know, her, her goal was to disappear or her goal was to just get away. And then something bad happened. During right. that, I don't know, but it is. I've listened to countless podcasts about it. I really that 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 one just lives in my mind. It's so tragic, so sad, and mysterious. But we're going to get into some fictional horror <laughs> news now to lighten the mood a <laughs> little bit. Happier, note. yeah, on a happier note. Eli Roth this past Halloween put out this amazing VR experience. And it was like a 20 or 30 minute short film. Did You watched it, Lauren, yeah, right? Yeah, it was really cool. It's called Trick VR Treat. It was starring uh, Vanessa Hudgens. You can still watch it. It's on the Horizon Worlds app for anyone who's got the Meta Quest, which is a new name of... I, it was The Quest 2 is now called the Meta Quest or Oculus. Right. Yeah, Oculus Quest 2 is now Meta Quest. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, Horizon Worlds is free and you can watch Eli Ross' Trick VR Treat. And it's so freaking spectacular. It's crazy. It makes you feel like you're part of it. Yeah. And he wrote it and directed it in a way that the character's like chasing you. You really feel like you're part of it. Leo, Leo, do you have a, a meta or Oculus? I don't. And, and for the only reason that I'll be that one guy that ends up on that, like that, like that YouTube channel where it's like where it goes wrong and you crash into the TV and the whole wall. Comes down. <laughs> like, yeah. That'll be me. Yeah. So I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah. We've had some of those incidents here, but yeah, it is, it is amazing. It's one of the most fun things I've ever seen. Yeah. It oh, was really yeah. cool. I'm excited for this next one. So the next one is going to be called Be Mine. It's a VR Valentine slasher, and they say help hunt for the Cupid Killer. It comes out February 10th at 7 p.m. PST. This one, it debuts. It stars Peyton List, and you'll be able to watch it on this Horizon Worlds app as of that day moving forward for free. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So look for that. Don't miss it. Nice. So finally, new and streaming in theaters this week. Michelle Monaghan and Skeet Ulrich's Blood hits VOD. It's now available. And we talked about it a bit on the last episodes about a separated mother and nurse who moves into an old farmhouse. Her son is bitten and infected by the family dog and insanity ensues. Also, Molly Elfman's gorgeous Next Exit is on DVD now, starring Karen Gillan, Raul Coley, and Katie Parker. And we talked to Molly and Katie back in episode 328. It is beautiful, that movie. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah, Raul yeah, and, and Katie are exceptional in that film. And it's, yeah, it's totally. really neat to watch uh, Raul in a role like that as well. So excited. Skin of Marink finally lands on Shudder February 2nd. 
Woo. This is Kyle Edward Ball's $15,000 movie about two kids who wake up in the middle of the night to their father to find that their father's missing. It's been divisive. Like I was so like this trailer, the trailer for this movie is the scariest trailer I've ever seen ever in my whole life ever. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty effective. I mean, when, when Trevor told me, Hey, check this out. It's pretty scary. I would say, yeah, it's one of the more effective trailers I've seen like ever just because of what you see and what you mostly don't see. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, what, what you don't see is everything in that thing. And it just repeats the same in this house. In this house, over and over again, which I think is a lift from one of the Exorcist trailers, one of the early Exorcist trailers, I believe. It's got that tonality of something that's taken from the 70s. I got to rewatch the trailer because when I watched it, I like four kids around me and they kept asking me questions and... I just kept hearing in this house and I was thinking, I got to get out of this freaking house. (laughs) So I'm going to rewatch that. It is terrifying. And I've been so excited to see this movie since it's been out in theaters. I think it might still be in limited theaters now, but I haven't had the opportunity to go to a movie except for this press screening thing that came up for knock at the cabin. But I am really looking forward to checking this out. And hopefully, hey, if you if you if you listening have not been to the theater, let's watch it on Shutter when it comes out this week. And we'll talk about it next week. How about that? That sounds exciting. A uh, new one, Netflix also, Viking Wolf. That comes out Friday. It's a Norwegian film that is described as a classic werewolf film in a completely new wrapping. That looks really fun. And finally, M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, which we will briefly talk about now. Oh, we will talk about it right now. Yeah. Lauren, what did you think? I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. The and, entire time. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? It um, is It is the most intense movie I've, I think I've ever seen. Yeah. The first scene just draws you in. It drops you. This isn't one of these movies. It drops you in feeling tense right off the bat. It is beautifully told. It is absolutely terrifying. The score is... One of the scariest scores I've ever heard. Yeah, it's it's really good. Nice. And this little girl, I think her name is Kristen Cooey. Yep. It's her first like major movie, and she was so good. I think she's eight now, um, which she probably filmed this when she was six or seven. She's just adorable and such a good actor, and she just has the cutest little expressions and. It was so good. Being on the edge of your seat the entire time is exactly it. Everybody, you have to go see this movie and in a theater. You have to experience it in a theater because, again, the soundtrack and the sound design will blow your fucking minds. Uh, You know, absolutely no spoilers here, but just do we even say the basic now? I don't even want to say the basic plot point. I don't want to even talk about that. I don't want to (laughs) be I don't want to ruin it for anybody who wants to go in totally cold because there's people who don't even like to watch trailers. That's true. I don't like to watch trailers. Usually I like to go. The best movie experiences I've ever had are the ones when I just land in the seat, have no idea what's going on and just let the thing happen and they just be shocked. From Dust Till Dawn. That was one of them that, that happened. And if you've seen From Dust Till Dawn, can you imagine going into that movie completely cold? That's crazy. Right? Right? That's fun. Oh my God, this movie's intense. Yeah, it is. It doesn't it let goes, up. It goes by really fast, yes. too. Yeah. Because there's no wasted time. The pacing yeah. is perfect. The pacing is perfect. I agree. This is going to be huge. This, this movie uh, is going to be massive. 
reviews are already coming in. Everybody's saying it's like M. Night's best work. It's one of the most intense horror films ever made. I mean, I concur. You'll experience it uh, in theaters Friday. Does it, does, it, does it make you guys want to go and pick up Paul Tremblay's book, The Cabin at the End of the World, and, and read it? Like, do you want to go back now and explore more about the story? Um, I mean, it's uh, it's different than the book. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is definitely, if, you know, in a perfect world and I had time to read then yeah i'd probably check out to see how different it was um and i always think it's neat to see read a book and then see a film and see what choices you know were made in bringing this to life Mm -hmm. and what i saw in my head but yeah m knight's an auteur man he is he's a brilliant guy and we've been catching up by the way yeah does he make a cameo in the movie you'll just have to see (laughs) Because yeah. I, th- I think that's his thing, right? He always does, and like everything he directs, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, he has been known to do that, and you will yeah. see. You will see. Also, I was just going to mention Servant, season four is out now. Leo, have you been catching up on some of the on some of the episodes? Yes, yes. It's so good, man. Isn't it? Are, yeah. are you kind of uh, when they st- when the season started off? Were you a little bit lost because you couldn't remember really where they left you? It's we, been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. So it's almost like we needed a little bit of a refresher. We went back and like fast forwarded through some of the old episodes. But what do you think, Leo? Are you completely caught up with the whole story? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of do the same thing because I, I, I don't remember how it, leaves, how it left off. Or if I do remember, like I forget the tone, like yeah. what, what you're supposed to be feeling or what's going on. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I went back to the carnival episode yep. in, oh, in season three and I started watching from that point on. And then it's like, okay, now I know what's going on. Season four, bring it on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, we've been addicted to it. And like we said before, it's like it's like half-hour episodes. So you go through them so quick, and they're so masterfully written that you get so much in that small amount of time that you just keep going. It's like, it's like eating candy or eating those damn Doritos that I like. You just can't eat just one, <laughs> you know? But anyway, so our interview with M. Night and... Um, Rupert Grint and Jonathan Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge coming up here in a little bit. And uh, I guess we'll go into just other things that we've been watching. Other things that we've been watching. Well, should we let Leo go? And sure. then we'll yeah. say what we want. Yeah, sure. Leo, go nuts. Anything? Great. Yeah, my, mine's short. Um, I finally caved in and you can probably uh, guess what I'm watching. Uh, did you go to the it's theater? What everybody's talking about. No, did you, it's what everybody's talking about. The Last of Us. Yes. Ah, ah nice. I still I, haven't seen. Have you started. Tell me. Tell me. What is it? Uh, is it worth checking out? Yes. Definitely. See. Um. It's. It's. I mean. It's. It's formulaic. Like if you've seen five or six other end of the world type movies, you know, you can mm-hmm. kind of take. Oh, I remember this scene from that one, and this one from that one, and this one. So I can see where they get their inspirations from, you know? And there, I think there's only three episodes out at, at the time of this uh, recording. But, um, yeah, it's a, I mean, there, there's, can't spoil it or anything, but there's a very simple premise of after a global pandemic destroys civilization, a hardened survivor takes, a, takes charge of a 14-year-old girl who may be humanity's last hope. So pretty much, you know, those are the two stars, which is Pedro Pascal uh, you know, in for the Mandalorian and uh, Bella Ramsey, and then there's also supporting character Gabriel Luna. 
I think the cast is phenomenal. Um, there is like one character I do not like, but you know, I'm gonna let the whole season play out to see if I'm not supposed to like. You know, what I'm saying like I always, I always like had a thing where I like, like I hate that person, I hate that person, and it takes me out, you know, of the show. I'm like, I don't want to watch anymore, you know. And then you get obsessed because there's maybe a misdirection or something. Who knows, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just think that the writing is so good. And of course, right now, I'm not gonna mention it or spoil it, but everybody's talking about episode three, and then I honestly thought honestly thought mike flanagan wrote it or directed it wow because it's it goes left field like out of the blue and you're like what the hell is this but so good so good so yeah i'm excited i haven't seen the third well i mean i didn't i stopped because we're gonna watch it together right yeah i'd like to i'd like to get into it it's cool it's it's something like you know and of course uh, i don't know if you guys know it's based on a video game I know nothing about the video game, but people have been saying that it stays true to the game. And then it, do, it does deviate at some point a little bit here and there. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the game, but what I'm watching on screen, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Have they made I, a... I can see why people are into it. Have they made a Fortnite movie? Just curious. I'm sure they will. God. I'm sad. After, I mean, what, what was the what was the big franchise? Um the Umbrella Academy was well, not the Umbrella Academy, um, the Umbrella Corporation. What was the big uh, evil R- no. Resident Evil? Evil? Resident Evil, right? I mean, after that you would think that everything would become a movie and few and you know, a lot of hits and misses here and there. I'm kind of surprised think, Fortnite hasn't become a movie yet, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like what? It's a bunch of people running around with guns, shooting everything. <laughs> right. This, yeah, right. this is the the Fortnite movie is currently on repeat upstairs here at the house. God, it's all our kid freaking plays is Fortnite. Just <laughs> and yeah, they get you. They get you to buy these skins, dude. Do you know oh, about yes, the skins? Yeah, just yeah. like characters. They do the same oh, thing. They just millions. look different. Yeah, it's like. Our son's like, give, give me $12 so I could buy this character that looks like this YouTube influencer or whatever, right? This is just the worst. Right, it's runs like around shooting shit. Worst. Oh, God. Ugh, where <laughs> have I failed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I recommend it, so check out The Last of Us on HBO Max streaming. Um, I do have a trivia question for you guys. Uh, I'm going to fail the trivia if it's about this show. Hit me. <laughs> no, my trivia can be out of anything, so it's, it's in the movie Scream. Oh. What is Randy's number one rule to survive a horror movie? Number one. Um, Don't have sex? Uh, ding, 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 ding. I was right. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I like the Leo trivia. Yeah, it's we gotta great. Make this, yeah, we got to make this a regular feature. Uh, I love it. Keep it spicy. Keep yeah. it spicy. Yeah. The Boo Crew will be right Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back. No one wanted to talk about it. No one would admit they had seen or heard it. The law told them to quit asking questions or leave town. Maybe folks felt if they didn't talk about the thing, it would go away. But these curious college boys wouldn't stay away from Black Lake. 
and that was a mistake. The creature from Black Lake is coming to a theater near you, a Jim McCullough production. been watching well i wanted to ask i mean there's something i want to watch lauren and i were talking about it the other day infinity pool oh, everybody's talking about infinity pool talking about <laughs> yes. keeping it spicy all, then they say like this right. movie should be x-rated i want right. you to say what you have been calling infinity pool ponty pool <laughs> Why do I call it Pontypool? What's Pontypool? Is, is, this, is, this like is this like a Beaver Tails thing? I don't know. I keep calling it Pontypool. <laughs> he was like, you know, Beaver Tails sound like something you eat in Wisconsin, not exactly. You know. Yeah, Beaver, no, that, well, beaver Tail. Right? Beaver Tail is a yeah. Canadian dish, exactly. much like poutine. So I was thinking. A beaver yeah, tail, just, just so you know, a beaver tail is like a churro, like what you'd be a, ch- a churro here in Southern California. I guess it's everywhere. Is it an American thing, churro, or is it a Southern California thing? That's everywhere? No, it's I'm, like an everything. I, it might thing. be Tex Mex or South of the Border kind of thing. Right? So you can go to like Wisconsin and they know what a churro is? They should. I hope so. I, I They'd hope be so. missing out. Well, yeah, up in Canada and like the eastern part of Canada, like uh, Ontario, maybe Quebec City a little bit, they have beaver tails. And the I think I've talked about this before. The company that makes the beaver tails is called yeah. Hookers. Oh God! They have a hookers, hookers beaver tail. Oh my gosh! So they have it's like a churro, but it's flat like a beaver tail. Then they put a little lemon on it and cinnamon, and you eat it. Yeah, it's just like a flat churro, but it's a Canadian delicacy. Might be French Canadian. I'm sure. I mean, poutine is French Canadian. Mm -hmm. That's the French fries and the cheese curds, and then you pour the scalding hot gravy over it and melts the cheese, melts the cheese on the fries, and Mm -hmm. it's amazing. They got that stuff. You can get poutine at McDonald's, and that's right. Burger King, A and W. Do they have A and W here? Mm, I don't think so. Do if we? We do. It's very rare, like few and far between. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, Sonics up in Canada, I guess. Like drive-through. A and W used to be like a f- night in the fifties. You'd go into A and W and park your car, and they'd come out with the tray with the their stuff on it and roller skates. You know. How'd you get to Pontypool, though? I don't know how I got to Pontypool. <laughs> he well, kept saying, "Is there must be a movie everybody's called Pontypool?" Talking about Pontypool. Pontypool. It is. It's a movie from 2008, and it's a Canadian <laughs> horror film. Oh, no. there, there you go. It is Canadian. It's a Canadian it horror film uh, directed by Bruce McDonald. But imagine when I was like, "Are you talking about Infinity Pool?" And he was like, I don't know if that's what it's called. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, people are not watching Pontypool. No. They're watching Infinity <laughs> Pool. Infinity Pool. Is it a Steven Soderbergh movie? Uh, in, who, oh, Infinity Cronenberg? Pool? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Brandon Cronenberg. Brandon Cronenberg, yeah. Interesting. I really want to see it. Why. Yeah, I want to see it. It looks insane. I think it's, it's playing, the, see a lot playing of at the iPick. Oh, God. Go see it at the iPick. We just don't nice. have a sitter. Yeah, Alex Skarsgård and Mia Goth. <sighs> yeah, I can't beat that. We got to find a sitter, and I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling we cannot take the kids to this. You have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling. Uh, They're definitely X-rated. Of course, we can't. Right. If you've seen Infinity Pool or Ponty Pool, <laughs> hit us up on DMs at Tales from yeah. the Boo Crew on Instagram at but Tales don't from the Boo on Twitter, it, please. Yeah. Yeah, please hit us up on Twitter. We have like no Twitter followers. Okay, but let's not. 
because I don't check it. Who checks it? Ah, Leo, you check Twitter maybe? Ever? Is anybody hitting us up on Twitter? We can't get yeah, new followers on Twitter. I don't know what, what we're doing wrong. We suck at Twitter. Yeah, I think we suck at everything. But <laughs> yeah, but especially <laughs> on Twitter, Twitter for some reason, it's the worst. It's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Like I don't think we've got one new follower in like a year. Easy. No. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's graveyard. Help us out on Twitter if you're listening, and you know the secret to cracking the code there. <laughs> anyway, what we've been watching. Okay, we rewatched Gretel and Hansel over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Oz Perkins, 2020. I think it came out in like February 2020. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Pretty sure, right before all the shit went down. That's right. God, that movie's good. It's, I've seen it's it a good one. so many times. It's like your favorite. It's one, Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Sophia Lillis, Alice Krieg. It's great. Yeah, so good. Score. One of the best scores I've ever heard by Robin Kuder, a.k.a. Rob, who's also worked with um, Alex Aja. Uh, he worked with the band Phoenix, if you're familiar with them. It made me look up what Oz Perkins is up to now. He did make that cameo in a very big Jordan Peele movie that came out not too long ago. So what is yeah, he up to funny. now? He's, he's working on a movie with Nick Cage called Long Legs. Wow. That's supposed to be like a possessed Geppetto movie. That's oh my god. Nick Cage is calling it that. Oh man. I can't I can't That's wait. gonna be wild. Oz Perkins is a freaking genius, man. If you haven't seen Gretel and Hansel, you gotta see it. It's beautiful. Yep. It really is. It didn't get the attention it deserved. For me it's like a classic. I know it's you're beautiful. Upset about yeah, that. No, it's 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 incredible. <laughs> And then uh, we took a stab at Don't Worry Darling. This is the Olivia Wilde movie that came out in September of last year. We watched it on HBO Max. A lot of controversy about this movie when it came out. Starring uh, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Harry Styles. When I saw that it was on HBO Max, I was like, oh, I want to see this. Because I love Florence Pugh, so I wanted to check it out. And I was very adamant about watching it. She is so cool. And the trailer was really awesome, right? It's kind of set in the 1950s. There was so much controversy around this movie when it came out that the controversy seemed to be almost louder than the release of the movie itself. If you remember, this is when Olivia Wilde got served custody papers during a convention appearance announcing the film. That's crazy. That's right. The person was sitting in the audience with full credentials, walked up on stage in the middle of her presentation, and served her with papers. That is insane. That is really creative. And and embarrassing. And very embarrassing. They couldn't wait until after. Right? Come on. Come on. Yeah. God. Yeah, it made a spectacle of the whole thing. So that happened. And then there was rumors that she was romantically linked to Harry Styles on the set. Then there was the story of Shia LaBeouf being hired for Harry Styles' role originally. And then she said she fired Shia for conduct in uh, pre-production of the film. And Shia was like, what are you talking about? That's not what happened. I have the texts to back this up of why I quit the production. Because he alleged they weren't getting enough rehearsal time. So all this kind of stuff, and then leaked 
cell phone videos were coming out between Olivia and Shia and there was rumors of bad blood between Olivia and Florence and all this stuff was happening. But I got to say, if you have avoided the movie for any reason and you got kind of got lost in the controversy, check it out. It is fucking great. Yeah, it's crazy. It is so fun. It's I think it's about 2 hours in runtime set in this idyllic 1950s but things are something's off right something's very disturbing through this thing yeah i mean it's a horror movie it reminded me of like pleasantville right the same kind of vibe yeah and florence is just fantastic she's so and there was a lot of sex in this movie yeah god didn't we we've been through this with honeymoon the other movie that uh yeah the lee janiac movie we watched (laughs) the other week we're watching a lot of movies with a lot of sex (laughs) The original screenplay for this one was written by Dick Van Dyke's grandsons, Carrie and Shane Van Dyke, and it showed up on 2019's Blacklist, which is kind of like an annual rundown of the most liked screenplays that haven't been produced yet. And it's been something that's been compiled and published every year since 2005. Then what happened was Katie Silberman came on and took over the screenplay and constructed this version that we finally see of Don't Worry Darling. And Olivia Wilde, who was originally going to play the lead role, decided to give it to Florence Pugh after seeing her in Midsommar. And where was this thing shot? It looks like it was shot in California. It takes place in Victory, California. Which is actually Palm Springs. Ah. So, It definitely has that Palm Springs vibe. I wonder if you can actually go down and see the little town. If it's actually there, they built the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I think we should do a road trip to check it out. It's wonderful. This is the first thing I've ever seen Harry Styles in. And he's been in other movies before. Was he in Dunkirk, I think? I don't know much about him. You know who he is, though. The singer, He sings of a band, right? Well, One Direction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now he's solo. It's not my music, so I don't pay attention. Yeah. The music is great, by the way. And don't worry. Don't worry. Yes. It really is. And speaking of music, see if you can guess who this is. Who's that? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. No way. She's playing guitar, too. What can't she do? Right? This is back like... Nine years ago, she had her own YouTube channel, and she called herself Flossie Rose. Just her playing guitar and singing. Wow. This is probably like like before her acting career really took off. She's just releasing these videos of her playing and singing. There's some st- in-studio stuff she did, too, but she's a really fucking good singer. Gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She, well, she, her speaking voice is really cool, right? She's got that, like, deep, husky rasp, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, Flossie Rose, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, I I will also say that in that film, a lot of her facial expressions reminded me of Midsommar. And the music was very similar sometimes to Midsommar. Yeah, to Midsommar. If if you love Midsommar, you're going to love Don't Worry Darling. They're different movies. Yeah, different movies, but still. Yeah, you know, it's got some of the same aspects of what makes Florence great is in everything she does. Right. Yeah. What was it? She was in Little Women, too. Right. 
Yeah, the remake. Yep. Where she's the Black Widow, White Widow, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it? Universe. Oh, yeah, that's when our neighbor... A, our neighbor called the cops on us when we were watching that, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> At 10 p.m. Dude, we watched the. It was. I don't even think it was 10 o'clock yet. It was nine. It was like nine o'clock on like a Friday or something, right? Screw that guy. The guy calls the cops. The guy who lets his dog bark from midnight to seven in the morning called the cops. No, the dog barks all the time. Oh, all the time. But especially notice it at night because the person built a kennel outside their house and just leaves their dog out there 24 7. Breaks my heart. That should be a crime. Yeah, because it was like freezing cold and the dog was out there. Yeah. God, called the cops on us for watching Black Widow. With our kids. Yeah, like nine something outside with like literally like three people who were completely silent. Right. (laughs) We weren't even drinking. Yeah, Yeah, we were just hanging out. Just hanging out. Family time. Yeah. God, that makes me mad. Anyways, we should watch Pontypool out there at <laughs> two in the morning. Full blast. Or watch Don't Worry Darling with all the sex. Super loud. <laughs> all right. Well, so I guess we'll throw to our interview. Oh, by the way, Leo, we got lost trying to check out the press screening. Are you surprised? Of Nog of the Cabin. <laughs> Let me guess. It was somewhere in deep in the lot somewhere. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was at the Universal lot. They told us like where to go, where to park. Of course, I parked in the completely wrong space, and we're like walking around this giant, <laughs> uh, giant parking structure with nobody in it, looking for elevators. And then we found what we thought was the elevator, and then every time we tried to go to the floor, it was locked. And then we went in the staircase, and we couldn't open the doors to the floors we needed to go at because they were uh, hooked up to alarm systems. So it's we're always just, an adventure. Yeah, with so we're us. just running around the parking structure for for like an hour. Yeah, Trevor's like, we're going to miss it. Yeah, I'm we're, just like, missing we're missing the, it. I'm just saying, like, we're just going to get back in the car. We're going to go home. And I was like, calm down. Yeah, she's like calming me down. It's going to be fine. I bet they haven't started it. And guess what? We ran into another dude who was like aimlessly wandering around the parking structure too. Yep. And he also was lost. Yeah. But did they start it? They did not start They didn't start it. But they said, as soon as we walked in, it started. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yep. And then, oh, I let the M. Night wash over us. Oh, it's so good. Can't wait for you to experience it. You yes. listening. And Leo, man. Oh, I want to go again. Yeah, because we have to take Scarlet. Yeah, I got to take Scarlet to see it again. It's just so good. Nice. It's one of those movies you'll be talking about for forever. This is incredible. Yeah. Dave Bautista. Awesome. Holy shit, Dave Bautista. Oh, your co-star. What an actor. My co-star from Stuber. Yeah. Yeah, if you watch <laughs> Stuber... Funny. You can hear Trevor as the radio DJ. Yes, Stuber, um, the only the movie I've ever been in playing a radio DJ in the Uber in Stuber. So cool. That's hilarious. Wow. Co-star with Dave Bauti. I get a check for streaming royalties every month or so for like two bucks. It's pretty cool. It's, it's like it costs you more money to open the thing and look at it than it's worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but Dave Bautista, my God, he's like, I've never seen him like this before. He's so great. Yeah, he's really different in this character. Give him all the the awards. Give him all the the rules. Yeah, can't wait to see him more. With that said, here's our interviews with... Wait, wait, wait. What? One last thing. Okay. 
All right. It is Girl Scout cookie season Ooh, time. that's right. Ghoul Scout cookies. Ooh. And guess who has a Ghoul Scout? We do. Yep. So. Our official Boo Crew Ghoul Scout. So if you want to support our Ghoul Scout, we'd really, really appreciate it. And if you can't, that's okay too. But if you were looking to get some cookies, you can... DM us? Yeah. And I guess officially you can buy them online from her starting February 27th. And That's a long time to wait to start ordering, really. But if you're local and don't live too far. Oh, they don't. Yeah, you could just DM us. You can just DM us. Yeah. And so, they are good. Got all the flavors. What do we got? Thin mints. Yep. Adventurefuls. Samoas. I almost cleared a whole box of Adventurefuls in one day. Samoas. Yep. Dosidos. What's a dosido? It's peanut butter. It's peanut butter ones. Yeah. The only thing we don't have is Raspberry Rally, but you can only order those online. No Girl Scout will have them. That's the brand them. new flavor this year. Everybody's talking yes. about Raspberry Rammy. No, Rally. That's funny. Raspberry Rally. Right. I don't know why I can't get that for some reason. Raspberry Rally. Yeah, it's because it's new. And then it's going to take time. Of course, time. anything new. Anything new is a pain in the ass. <laughs> new movie, pain in the ass to go to. Everybody's going to see yep. it. Yeah. Theme park, new ride, oh, pain in the ass. New ride. Yeah. Disneyland. Is there a new ride at Disneyland right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. The Mickey Mouse uh, Funhouse thing or whatever. It's like, I feel like Mickey, uh, Mickey and Goofy's Mickey and Minnie's Mickey and Minnie? Getaway. Oh, yeah. Oh, Runway no. Coaster. Yeah. Yes, that's it. And you have a Super Mario World, right? Yeah, that's opening soon. Yeah. Wow, we are really getting off topic now. Yep. We're going to reel it back in with none other than Rupert Grint, M. Night Shyamalan, and Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge for the film Knock at the Cabin, coming out Friday, February 3rd. You know what? One more thing. You know how movies say we're coming out Friday, February 3rd? But that's not really the case, is it, Leo? Usually that means it's coming out Thursday. You can see it Thursday, usually, right? Late. Typically, yeah, there's screenings like at 7 or 8 p.m. Thursday, usually, yeah. Is that, that's usually what you like to do, right? Go see it on Thursday before the Friday? Oh, yeah, I usually, I usually go I usually go midnight. If, I don't know if they still do midnight screenings, but when they used to, I would go midnight screening. Empty theater, see the movie opening day, and just a great experience for me. Yeah. It's like a sneak a sneak peek at that point, right? When you see it on the Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, I, I want to see... Uh, at the press screenings, you don't get a popcorn and soda and all that. Man, Sometimes candy. you do. Sometimes you do. Rarely, though. Because it's usually at a studio and they don't have that stuff around. But I can't wait to go see Knock at the Cabin again with the popcorn and the red vines and the giant biggest uh, bucket of soda that they have. <laughs> I'm very excited to do that with Pontypool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, never gonna let me live that one. Down. Nope. All right, you listening? We're so sorry to take you through the uh, never-ending episode. Uh, episode. Okay, off to the interviews. Here you go. All right, it's Trevor and Lauren from Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew. How you doing, Rupert? 
I'm very good. How are you? Awesome. Doing very well. Thank you. And congrats on creating yet another fantastic and poignant character that truly imprinted on all of us and as all your characters do. And this one is particularly striking, as I don't know how else to say it, but your delivery and performance is haunting. It's it's traumatic even. What you were able to evoke in Redmond's journey has stayed with us for many reasons that audiences all over the world are about to discover. And through work like Knock of the Cabin and Servant, another M. Night project that you're outstanding in. What are the things about your craft and where you've pushed yourself that you find are unique to that particular alchemy with yourself and M. Night? Yeah, no, I think I, I've really enjoyed working with Night Easy. I've learned so much from him. I think it's not necessarily a, <laughs> a duo that you'd kind of expect um, on paper, but um, I just really, I, I just love working with him. He, he's so specific and like everything's storyboarded um, before we even step on set. So you, you really know what he wants and it, that I, I find really kind of helpful. And we just have this shorthand that we've developed over the years. And yeah, I just, I'm always learning more things from him. Like just his, his demand as well for you always to kind of be in it, even if it's just like sometimes just your shoulders in shot, but you still, you gotta feel it through your shoulder. Um, so yeah, that kind of discipline is something that I've really learned. And um, yeah, I just wanna always please him. He's just such a lovely guy. And um, yeah, I, if I could only work with him for the rest of my life, that would be, be great. How did you, Dave, Nikki, and Abby develop this massive force of nature performance as an ensemble? And how did what they did inform your decisions in bringing Redmond to life? Yeah, no, it, it's such an important part. I think it's, it's weird because we didn't, I mean, we didn't have loads of time to really kind of get to know each other. And, and, and by the nature of the actual story, these people are from all kind of different walks of life that have kind of found themselves through this kind of shared vision. Um, so there's a lot of gaps that we kind of had to kind of fill in together. Um, but yeah, I think just being in the space and, and we were doing takes and the, uh, and the scenes were like kind of sometimes seven pages long. Mm. So when you're in it for that amount of time, you really, something very unusual happens in, in a space like that. You kind of all sync up and you, you really do feel like you're in it. It's very immersive. And uh, even like you're breathing, you kind of, it's all kind of in sync and you're really kind of absolutely on tender hooks. You don't really know what to expect. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating way of working. And it's something I've learned with Servant as well. We work in a similar way where we're in this kind of one location and, and it has this kind of almost play-like feel. Um, so it's, it's, it's great as an actor to, to work like that. Mm. And you deliver some extraordinarily powerful words as Redmond throughout his arc, and including one very intense moment in particular. Could you let us in on a bit of the process in getting yourself there to give those words impact and truth? Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's... Um, kind of everyone there you feed off that kind of energy and it was such a palpable kind of atmosphere um, in this very kind of small space um, and just just by actually kind of being there and doing it kneeling, kneeling down and being kind of set in front of this kind of seeing these these two guys this family kind of tied to, to chair it's, it's just I think particularly being a dad as well now that's kind of added another dimension to things you can really it's very easy to put myself in kind of this scenario and, and, and think about <laughs> how you would act and it's it's created some very interesting conversations and I think that's what people who go to see this film will, will enjoy I think it's, it's, it's fun to kind of put yourself in these crazy scenarios 
Awesome, Rupert. Thank you so much for your time and for creating another classic, man. Very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy the rest of the day. Bye. Have a great one. You too. Wow. Look at you guys. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> We're in a secret passageway in our house doing this. So we appreciate that, man. Congratulations, dude. It's an honor to speak with you through the lens of this astonishing film. It truly is another one of your masterpieces in what has become a growing body of work that continues to change cinema as well as pop culture itself. We appreciate that so much as fans. And one of the many elements at the heart of this piece is mystique and the tension created by synthesizing it and then controlling it and in this tale it starts from that opening shot of Leonard and Wen and doesn't let up for its entire runtime and then the amazing thing about this is in those moments where the audience's own questions are asked and are perceived to be answered the screen disappears and we get this very physical reaction of wonderment it's like experiencing a magic trick it's absolutely electric can you describe the importance of the power of mystique and perhaps some of the challenges maintaining it for audiences that have really seen it all uh, well, first of all, you know, I, I, let me just say, you know, um, the you know the words that you say to me have a, a huge impact. I'm just a, you know, when I'm when I'm alone and writing, and you know, I'm just like every other person that doesn't believe in themselves and struggles and fighting your own demons. And so, you know, when you say that, it doesn't. I don't have um, a fixed mentality about things. I don't go, I am what you just said. Um, I, it's it's a growth mentality of. Of, you know, I, I, what are the things that allowed me to speak to you on this one, the practices and things, and keep on trying to improve on those things that allow me to not be corrupted and, and risk myself and, and, and honestly risk your appreciation of me for something that I would believe in, to, that I would have the, um, the fortitude to do that on another story, to risk this relationship with you each and every time. So it means a ton that, that you said those things. It was so gracious the way you said, said them. Um, you know, there's a certain um, cinematic ethics that is embedded in me that um, that I try to live up to and fail sometimes. You know, if I can't figure it out, but never the the aspiration is there to be to follow. What is it? What lens is it? What is the distance from the character? What is the blocking of the character? Obviously, what is the script? But what is the lighting? What is the you know all of those things? Where is the focal plane? Does is it before or after? Are you? Are there two characters push the one character back six inches? So they're slightly soft and the audience doesn't even know that one character is slightly soft intentionally. All of those things. And of course, sound and music and all our wonderful storytellers that get to tell it together. But um, it's excruciating, I would say, you know, for me, when the when the lens goes up, you know, I've, I've, I've drawn it out months and months and months and months of thinking about what is the cinematic language of the piece. For example, in the opening scene with Wen and Leonard, they're looking directly into the lens and it's very unnatural but there is a connection with them that's almost preternatural it's not normal and even though it's very uncomfortable what you're watching they're kind of in this bond together and yet the, he's not telling her something and what he's not telling her is very bad and, he, and she knows it and so it's like clicking the, the frame's just clicking 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 as she's starting to realize this person's not telling her something something really uh, disturbing and so the ethics as you move through it and the language of it of the, of the thriller, making sure that a, a story told in one place never returns to the language that it had before because the characters are not feeling the same in scene 78 and scene 35, so you cannot represent them the same. 
Brilliantly answered, man. Unfortunately, that's all the time. But M. No, Knight, thank ask you. one more question. Ask <laughs> one more question. I went on too much. Ask okay, one more okay. question. Okay, one more question. Uh, the, the inescapable uh, feeling of dread in this film is unlike anything we've ever experienced. And a massive part of this is that brilliant score by, and forgive me if I get the name correct, Herdy's Stefan's, do- Stefan's daughter. Yes, and we would correct. love to know how you found him or her and the pro- process of conjuring this horrible sonic landscape. Oh, thank you. She's amazing. You know, part of this always being a student mentality is working with brand new people and 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 people that I am inspired by who have don't have the experience yet and forcing me to see the world through someone who doesn't know bad habits, who doesn't know the rules. And I got to hear the music of her D's who did a, a small TV show. She lives in Iceland and I saw something in the music and I called her and we zoomed and I talked to her and I felt like she she was at the right place in her life. And I said, Herdice, you want to go do this big movie that everybody in the world showed to the whole world? And she said, I'm ready. And I, I said, I think you're ready. And then we went and I talked to her about, you know, where I'm coming from, the kind of old school cinema, the old lenses, the way we're shooting on film. And then she delivered kind of this 2023 Bernard Herman, but a woman's voice doing it, Bernadette. <laughs> and so and she, she just, and she just brought this kind of Inspiration. She doesn't. She. The beauty of working with new people like this is that they don't know that they shouldn't be flying that high. They don't. They didn't. They haven't been taught out of it yet. You know. So she. She's flying in the air, and she. She's so inspired, and I'm like t- taking my breath away. And so, being inspired by the new, the new storytellers is part of the magic of these movies for me. Oh, thank you for sharing her brilliance with with us. It's absolutely astonishing. It was astonishing to sit there in the cinema and be washed over with this. It was intense. Oh, Listen, thank you. thank you for all that you do and for the powerful and evocative stories that you continue to tell. We appreciate it more than you know. Thanks, brother. Thank you, all guys. Right. How you doing, guys? Ooh, good. <laughs> oh, where are you? Your home looks so gothic. We're inside a secret passageway in our house, believe it or not, where we built oh. this studio. So thanks for noticing. Awesome. <laughs> Listen, you guys, uh, it is so absolutely wonderful to getting a chance to talk with both of you on the heels of this spectacular film that is no doubt going to be revered and meditated on as a classic for years to come. And this does not happen without the performance that you, you two gave. It's the very soul of this entire piece, the relationship you produce tray for us on screen is so real and you create it with such sincerity and subtlety and strength in all the right places that it lets the audience in to the extent that we become you it's a magical thing because that's how the illusion of all this trauma and terror and tension materializes and it really is a collaboration between the two of you through melody and cadence of speech the words you each choose to empower or draw back from even there appears to be a ton of play here and we'd love if you take us through your work together on giving us that gift Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, we're just a couple of legends. (laughs) That's the answer to that. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Such kind words. Yeah. um, (laughs) I don't know how to respond. (laughs) How did we get there, Jonathan Groff? How did we get there? Well, a lot of hard work. (laughs) I don't know, Ben. We, We had a kind of like built-in vibe between us we'd never met before our first day of rehearsal on the movie 
And I think that, that, I don't know if you read the book in addition to seeing the film, but the, the characters in the book and the film are very similar and they're very specific and they're very um, like yin and yang. And I think Ben and I are kind of yin and yang as people in a way as well. I think it was good casting on Knight's part energetically for the two of us in these parts. And, uh, and then we had little Kristen who plays Wen and she was such a source of joy and kind of like re-inspiration into acting. It was her first movie ever, and so wow. we bonded a lot getting to work with her and getting to know her. And then the other like five actors in the movie came to slay. They're yeah. just so good. And every time we would go into that cabin, it was like rounds in a boxing match. It was like ding, 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 and here we go. Everybody was so in it to win it every step of the way. And obviously night is swinging for the fences. Yeah, and so, I think everyone was so supportive of each other as well. Like there was a, there was a real, really encouraging each other after those intense scenes and like letting people know that they were doing a good job and really also. And I remember at night was commenting the other evening. He he said that he's never known actors to be so committed when they're off camera as well. That no one ever once like phoned in a take or didn't give their hundred percent, even if they weren't on camera at the time. So everyone just really turned up to like give their give their all. And you had to the script was so demanding you couldn't not do that yeah like Ben there was this funny moment he has this line where he's like shaking in the chair and he's like don't touch her he's like screaming and it was my coverage Ben wasn't even in the shot and you thought Nike was we starting from that point yeah, yeah. we thought we were saying, and Ben was giving full on chair vibrating screaming the camera's not even on him just for me for my own like reaction to his Acting that was the level of control. but I did it at the wrong point, so everyone, everyone, <laughs> so about <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonathan and Ben, thank you so much for your time. Congrats on the film, it was absolutely phenomenal. Oh my oh, god, we just talked so too much. Yeah, sorry. All right, that was Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, Rupert Grintz, and M. Night Shyamalan for the exceptional film Knock at the Cabin in theaters everywhere at time of release, Friday, February 3rd. You guys all good? Yep. Perfect. Leo, you good? Yep. All right. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 369. Production tracks provided by the fine folks at Powerman 5000 Incorporated. Till next time, this is Trevor, Lauren, and Leo, collectively known as the Boo Crew, saying... Sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.